Hi, this is TJ Shanoff from the Untitled Beatles podcast. Tony's in the bathroom right now doing God knows what. We live together. We're a sitcom. I wanted to let you know that producer Casey right now is working on our next episode of new material. Until then, enjoy this classic episode, the second episode we ever aired. Now, a deluxe archive edition remaster. We'll send you a bill for $600. It all goes to Giles Martin, so don't worry about it. I'm going to stop talking because there's a lot more of me talking next on a special throwback untitled Beatles. Untitled Beatles podcast. All right, says we're recording. Well, welcome to Untitled Beatles podcast. I'm Tony Mendoza. Hey, TJ Shanoff. Hey, Tony. Hey, how are you, man? I'm great. We're going to talk about the Beatles for. We're planning on 30 minutes. It's going to go an hour and a half. So I'm I'm always excited to do it. Oh yeah, I'm ready. Man. Yeah, this is always director's cut. We don't. We always give you the director's cut. Dude, my life's a Criterion edition, Holmes. Hi, it's it's Nathan Lane, and I'm in the Criterion collection closet and i'm not going to make any closet jokes it's too easy the most famous closet since we lost liberace hey it's great to be back in the closet ah well yeah is that what, would that have made me cool in like oh four would that have given me i some think it's still cred? cool it's still cool especially if they're doing a three month for free thing it's very cool okay i dig it if they're doing that <laughs> That's a request. <laughs> uh, so today we're going to talk about our five favorite Beatles outtakes. So that means anything that wasn't officially released by the Beatles during their uh, career from 62 to 70. So that would include things off of their Decca audition tape and maybe the Star Club live versions of things or bootlegs and stuff that maybe eventually got released on things like Anthology and all that. So... That's the criterion. Uh, I forget. Did you want to start, TJ, or do you want me to start? Uh, you can go ahead and start. I will say I didn't consider those, those Star Club recordings um, okay. as as part of the uh, our menu. But uh, I don't know. There's a couple of like – because a couple of the songs I liked were sung by one of the waiters there, right? <laughs> I think a few of those were that guy, Horse. <laughs> You got a horse, so I think is. Counts, man. <laughs> where where man. have you been all my life? Is the some German waiter? And I got I got a thing like I'm cool with Germans. It's not it's not the 40s anymore. But as a Jew, those the whole Hamburg era. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I got to hear German screaming on my Beatles music. And yeah, was it that long ago? Is there something wrong? Will you stop talking about the war? Me? You started it. We did not start it. Yes, you did. You invaded Poland. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Sleepdick and uh, Come Gimme Dinah and those don't count on this, do they? Can we dismiss the German language? Uh, well, they released hits? they released those during their time, so those are not outtakes, right? Well, <laughs> that's a great point. One of the strangest things is that Come Gimme Dinah and was on uh, something new, but Sleepdick oh, right. was not. I think not released till rarities in the early eighties. Yep. Yeah, you're totally right. I forgot yeah. about that strange inclusion. On something new. When I think of love as something new. <laughs> Dave Dexter smoking a cigar. Fill it with anything you want to. Yeah. Put and the he, misery on again, you know? Yeah, and EQ it weird. Right. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of reverb. Well, I tell you what, TJ, I'm going to start with something very controversial here. Um, my number five pick. So we'll go from five being your... <laughs> from one being your favorite Beatles outtake down. 
So my fifth favorite Beatles outtake is if you've got trouble. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> Ringo songs that didn't make the obligatory cut. I don't have time. I, I, I got another Beatle podcast. This is an oft maligned song. People love to shit on this song. Um, if you got trouble, makes that makes a lot look good. Uh, that means a lot. <laughs> yeah, this song yeah. it's got a catchy beat. It's got a catchy tune. Is it up to the Beatles standards? No, that's why it's an outtake. Um, but I love I love Ringo's voice on it. It's it's actually one of more like I said tuneful songs. I love that going into the solo. He says, "Rock on." Anybody? Rock on anybody! Uh, rock on anybody! And they, it sounds like they push him up in the mix for anybody. <laughs> anybody! <laughs> like even the engineers are like, all right, this song is whatever. But I think it's, I mean, it, I think this could also be like a groovy, like, one of, like just like a Lothar and the Hand People song or like one of those duff, like 60s West Coast pop art experimental. Like it could be one of those like, Beatle uh, look-alike bands that's in a beach movie or something. <laughs> it's it's a Ruddle song. Yeah, it's exactly. You can't see me. You can't touch me. You don't know my name. So for those you reasons, I like it. Soft in the head. <laughs> soft in the head. <laughs> soft in the head. <laughs> Give me credit for getting that part. I mean, I got enough. It's often the head is a hilarious line. <laughs> so who wrote that? Is it a John and Paul for Ringo? Or yeah, that's that's a Lennon McCartney so, man. That's right. a Lennon, and it's also it's a Lennon McCartney. You know, I'll, well, honestly, and, I'll take that over. I will take that over whatever else was it was going to be on that record for him. Maybe. I think they they wound up putting Act Naturally because that was yeah. for help, right? Yeah, and that was for help. Just, to the old Carl Perkins tune instead. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I much prefer this song to that song. It's got a great drum intro. I wonder if they'd mm -hmm. gotten further if George Martin would have cut that or kept that. It's just such a weird entry to a Beatles song. You know what it is? It's the first note of Tomorrow Never Knows. Ringo wrote Tomorrow Never Knows at the beginning of If You've Got Trouble. should sue yoko <laughs> i think i think they did <laughs> future kids looking at revolver going wow tomorrow never knows lennon mccartney starkey i thought that was just what goes on but no oh, it's tomorrow never knows no we're, okay, beetle, so, we're beetle truthers tj so <laughs> sorry, we're, we're the q anon of, of beetledom yuck by the way the election was stolen from us <laughs> 
let yes. me ask you this. When did you, where in your beetling did you get into uh, if you got trouble? I heard it. So, yeah. So I used to go to record shows back in the 90s and that's where you could get, uh, it was it was in the Chicago suburbs at a Holiday Inn in Hillside. What's this look like, sweetie? A Holiday Inn? <laughs> and they do they it once. still do it. Do they? Yeah. Oh man, I loved that. That was yeah. so not to go too long, but I just, it was a wonderful, I looked forward to those record shows every month. And yeah, so it was a guy that would sell the Beatle bootlegs, but he'd sell them for half the price because it was just on a dubbed Maxell cassette or whatever. So, and I had some, yeah. So I also got like a hodgepodge a lot of times of like, here's something from ultra rare tracks nine. And here's something from a John Lennon, uh, like him, John Lennon's demo for Ringo's I'm the greatest and all the takes and all him like clearing his throat and okay boys this is it one two three four loved it anyway so that's where i heard it i heard it probably so that would have been in like high school okay okay so uh, it's a great call uh currently for those of you who are watching this who haven't died yet um (laughs) and not from covid just in general uh you can i think that's on anthology too finally Mm -hmm. that and that means a lot we're finally mastered or remastered and thrown out there yeah yeah yeah, so I, I heard it like three years before that or two years before that. Some anyway, yeah. What do you got? Cool. What's your number five? Uh I haven't I'm gonna rank them on the fly right now. Uh and I'm gonna go ahead and give my number five. Can I have a tie? Sure, man. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna save my tie because I like my tie too much for number five. Number five is one that I don't think you love. Ooh. And I don't love the official version as much as I love the uh, the early take version. And it's an early run from Ultra Rare Tracks, later put an anthology, I think three, of Obla Di Obla Da. Oh, yeah. Not the Isher version, but the one that, I don't know if Jimmy Scott's playing the bong, but the bongos are real high up in the mix. The tempo's faster. It's in a different key. It feels actually more like ska yeah. To me, alt, it's more, it's lo-fi. The, the, that Ubladiga Blada to me is the one that I'll go to when I'm putting the playlist together. It's, it's more joyful. It doesn't feel as studied. It doesn't feel like take 177 or however many takes. Paul yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. It has a more, it has a more band quality to it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I dig that one. Yeah. It misses that, but it doesn't have that classic piano intro. 
No, it doesn't. It starts with the bongos. And I got into that one. I started collecting the I'm a few years older than you are. I'm 80. I think you're one year, one year, 75. 74. Respect, elder statesman. (laughs) (laughs) Let me teach you what I know. But so, so same age. I think the only difference is I just got into. I saw that Beatlemania play when I was four, and that that changed. I I was collecting Beatles stuff in kindergarten, so it started very young for me. But I'll make a long story very short. Uh, Growing up here in the city. We didn't really drive the car very much. And in the early 90s, when I was in high school, we still had my father's 82 Chevy Caprice Classic. Not particularly notable, except for the fact that in the early 90s, it had an A-track player. Yeah. Now, when all my other friends had tape decks or some, the real rich kids had CD players in their cars in the early 90s. (laughs) Good luck with that. Skip City. (laughs) Skip City. You hit a (laughs) bottle. You don't do CD players in your car in Chicago. Like, you don't put ketchup on a fucking hot dog or root for the bag (laughs) Um, but i was so weird with the beatles stuff that i i went to a thrift store and bought an a-track recorder where you could do a line in for a a cd disc man for us from rca plugs basically for the non-technical i could make a-track mixes from cds and (laughs) in my car in high school i drove around listening to an a-track i made called the Beatles, the recording sessions, and it's all songs from ultra rare tracks. Where wow. I, typed, I typed it all out. This would have been 1991, my junior high school. For some reason, I have on the spine digital stereo on the A track. Oh, I love I it. I don't know that it is. And you typed it and you taped it. I mean, that is that's a work of art, man. Radio Shack has a super half price deal now on an 8-track car stereo tape player. Regularly $59.95. Now just $29.95. You save $30 and get your choice of music wherever you drive. Put stereo 8-track players in two cars for the regular price of one. Or buy one and have enough money left over for car speakers and your first tape. Get on the road to savings now with this sale-priced realistic 8-track car stereo. Stereo tape player only at Radio Shack, a Tandy company. So that Ubladi Ubladi is on here. Um, <laughs> also, that means a lot is on here. Uh, I don't think if you got trouble, made eleventh uh, grade. Days, uh, let's, but yeah, so that that Ubladi Ubladi, at any rate, to me is the one that's just more soulful. Is the wrong word. More ska may not be correct, but it's just more joyful and more organic to me. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Good pick. Well, my number four is I like similarly. um, There was an earlier version of Can't Buy Me Love that came out Uh, or, you know, you know, which version I'm talking about. It's it's uh, the one that they eventually released on. I guess that's Anthology One. Um, I don't know when it was recorded. I I forgot to check my Lewison book, but it's definitely in there. Anyway, I love the spirit of that recording. I love the backing, the backup vocal, the the call and response that is missing from the single release. I love, I think, how does it start? It starts excitingly. If I recall it. Okay. You just mentioned my number one. That's (laughs) my number one. And it is the definitive camp by me. Love. It's more, I don't want to, I'm going to let you, I don't want to take the focus from you. No, you should because it's your one. It's slightly more countrified. It almost feels like a more country or rockabilly yeah, take. It feels more like a 
feels like a Carl Perkins tune. It starts off the same way with Paul's count in one, two, three. And it's in a higher key. Camp I mean, look, it's Yeah, it's in a higher key. Yeah. And yeah. it's got those harmonies. It's it, it is my favorite alt version, buddy. I love that that's on your list. That that makes my heart a little warm. <laughs> I love it. One, two, three. I give you all I got to give if you say you love me too. May not have a lot to give, but what I got, I'll give to you. I don't care too much for money. Money can't buy me love. Can't buy me love. Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah, yeah. This and I and I get. What did I write here? Uh, I, I, yeah, I get why it, it doesn't sound like a single. That's what I said. I, I wrote, does it sound like a single question mark? And it, it doesn't, it doesn't have that sheen that the actual version released version has, but with that version polished, this one makes more than makes up for in spirit, you know, it, it's raw. It almost feels like a live, like a great live version of it. Yeah. Those harmonies, cool. the, those harmonies to me are gorgeous. Some of the best early Beatles harmonies, and here's a little trivia there for you. The uh, Anthology 1 version, quote unquote, flew in a different George Harrison guitar solo. <laughs> really? Uh, the, the original outtake of it that's on, I think, Ultra Tracks Volume 2. Um, Nice. Is, yeah, I, I mean, well, I also, I mean, I knew, but I also refreshed myself. I want to pretend like I walk around. I don't know the track list for every, you know, what's the new Mary Jane on Ultra Track 6? <laughs> I can't, you know. No, but I, this is, this is Beatles yeah. forensics right here. Right. So, you, <laughs> so on the original bootleg that all the, the Beatle uh, jerks and stuff heard before <laughs> Anthology came out, there's a different solo is what you're telling me. It's a different George Harrison solo that is rougher than the one they they flew in for anthology that they digitally uh, inserted. Uh, but the fact that it's rougher to me that that's one of those anthology. Like another, we could segue into my next one because I've got a problem with the anthology version of this. Let's hear it. My next one is take one of a fairly one of the few obscure Beatles songs left. Take one of a song called "Yes It Is." Oh, I love that. Which song. is just. It's just a gorgeous song. And the release version is drenched in these reverby harmonies that are haunting and beautiful. For red is the color that my baby wore. And what's more is true. Yes, it is. The take one is just John playing the acoustic with Ringo on drums. It's got to be Ringo on drums, right? I don't think that's Paul playing drums for the early Yes It Is. No, no, that's got to be Ringo. Yeah, it, it he's is, also it, hitting the cymbals with that, with, you know, with that touch. Anyway. that t- Totally. And I think Paul, at the beginning of that, uh, the early bootleg version of that, is instructing Ringo. He was just do a little, she's kind of instructing Ringo how to play those the triplets. One, 
On the anthology version, they I think it's the one of the first few tracks on anthology two. They bail on the demo and fade into the finished version. The studio which, version where he buffs it up. Right, which is just bullshit. I mean, part of the beauty of it being take one is John's figuring it out. Uh, if anybody's buying Anthology 2 in 1996, 97, or whatever it is, you would think they'd be forgiving of a take one of a song with John kind of falsetto whistling because he can't remember. It defeated, It starts with the beautiful demo. I mean, I love the finished track, but that's not what it was for. So if you can find that early Yes It Is take one uh, where the demo goes longer being rough than on Anthology 2, to me it's just beautiful. It's just John working it out and the genius flowing from him lyrically and musically is is impeccable. I'm with you, man. Yeah, and yeah. I totally forgot that they did that with that that manipulation from the fade into the yeah, like who's yeah, I don't know whose idea that was. Bad idea. Well, why? If if you're buying that, what? Oh, I can't believe I got a mashup of the demo version and the officially <laughs> yeah. released one. Just Thank what everyone God. wanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That belonged. It, whoever put rarities together, that belonged with all the doctored. Like, here's three different I am the walruses, and we'll pretend like it's a Rarity, not a rarity. You made it. it some made it in a studio on cocaine in 1979 to sell more Beetle product for Christmas that year. <laughs> You're rarity. talking about the uh, "I'm the Walrus" with six beats in front of it instead of four. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the the German "All My Loving" <laughs> with the the hi hat intro. There's all these weird like not yeah. on my list. Close your eyes and I'll kiss you tomorrow. I miss you. But yeah, so that's uh, so <laughs> great one. And I, I didn't mean to hijack, but similar with Yes, It Is, where the uh, the manipulation for anthology was not faithful and, and unnecessary. Well, my number three is All My Loving with the hi-hat intro. Close your eyes. I love Same that. song. <laughs> Just five hi-hat beats. No, so my number three uh, is a Beatles for Sale uh, outtake, I believe, uh, another spirited thing. Uh, Leave my kitten alone. Is that on yours? It, it it's on the bubbling under list of mine. If we had ten, it would be. It's definitely on the A track. I love it. I'm surprised yeah. it was left off Beatles for Sale. Yeah, I, I wrote down that I would take it over 
pretty much all the other covers and more controversy and controversy. Um, <laughs> I, I would, I would, uh, if I were to redo Beatles for sale, I'd get rid of, um, what did I write down? I get, I'd get rid of rock and roll music and I'd put on leave my kitten alone and I'd keep Mr. Moonlight. <laughs> First of all, for an album Asshole. that clocks in at, at like 36 minutes, why do you have to get rid of it? You can't add one more. Do you work for Parlophone? Do you not want to have like... Got to be 14 songs. Uh, Rock and roll music uh, is one verse too long. (laughs) It is. And the tango and the mambo and all that, I I get it. But the beauty of rock and roll music is George Martin doing those, what, 16th notes on piano is is pretty worth it. Yeah. And and Lennon's vocal is much better than Mr. Moonlight or this other song, Leave My Kitten Alone. But I just like the song better. I think it's a great song and it's just, it's just fun. It's, it's really fun. I, I feel like, well, yeah, a lot of times the fun of the Beatles was lost in that sheen, you know? So this is just a fun song. I, I don't know why it was left off Beatles for sale. Was Leave My Kitten Alone, I don't think was a big hit for anybody. Like a lot of the songs, they rock and music was a massive Chuck Berry hit. Yeah. Right, Mr. Moonlight was an obscurity. Was yeah. it Doctor Feel Good and the yeah. Summer Others? Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. something like that. It was. Yeah. I think it was Doctor Feel Good. Okay. Yeah, that one was obscure. So I, I. Yeah. I mean, honestly, let's be honest. Leave my kitten alone should replace Mr. Moonlight. I mean, they're both obscure. But maybe, yeah, maybe they just thought that Mr. Moonlight was a good mood for the record itself, and that Leave My Kitten Alone would make it too raucous or something. Don't know. It's funny you say that. Beatles for Sale is a kind of a tired sounding album. We talked last week. I love those first three songs. Uh, uh, no Reply, I'm a Loser, or The Babies in Black are just as a, you know, I mean, you can't argue with uh, Sergeant Pepper, Little Help, and Lucy. I'm not comparing it to that, but just for me, there's always been, it's a little down, it's a little dour, it's a little countrified, and then bluesy. I've just always... But that's the beauty. Every Beatles album is different from the previous one. They yeah. all sound so different from each other in spirit, in tone. The the sound of uh, uh, smoking pot and coughing before Taxman on Revolver. Think how different that is from the clean British soul of Drive My Car on Rubber Soul. Or, yeah. the, or the folky I'm looking through you on uh, Rubber Soul in America. One album before that. Every album started and felt differently. I just don't know that there's other bands who have been able to do that with every album while being uniformly incredible. It's true. It's true. Do you think the Beatles are responsible for shorter attention spans because they change so much? (laughs) Yeah, maybe they're they're to blame. Short attention span theater just got shorter, so you get twice as much comedy in half the time. Watch Short Attention Span Theater with shorter host Mark Marin weeknights at six, only at Comedy Central, the only all comedy network. Yeah, man. Well, what do you got for number three? Number three, I gotta do this in real time right now because we we're gonna give my number one, so I have two to go here. I'm gonna go ahead and give my tie of two early Beatles songs that only demos exist. They were covered by other artists. They're both under two minutes long. I'll be on my way and bad to me. 
yeah. are to, are uh, just further proof. I think uh, I'll be on my way as Paul. Bad to me is primarily John. I mean, that's yep. when they were eyeballing. But you know, I'm not. You remember that book that broke down every what? What was it called? I got it somewhere here. Beatles yeah. songs, maybe it's, where it's like point seven to Paul and point three to John. Oh you, yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> I I totally forgot. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, that's that was good. I mean, I don't know what the science was, but yeah, I, I uh, think the science was trying to sell a book. Well, I, yeah, bad to me was one that I would, I would put that one and it it sounded like it was just, I had like a demo version that Lennon, it sounded like it was just Lennon with a guitar. If you ever leave me, I'll be sad and blue. Don't you ever leave me, I'm so in love with you. Words in the sky would be sad and lonely and they That's all the only yeah. demo I think that exists. Oh, it's a beautiful song. If you song. ever leave me, I'll be sad and blue. Yeah. It, it, it almost feels like an improvement on Do You Want to Know a Secret? It yeah. feels like an elevated version of that kind of almost Gershwin-y. And that's, again, we, this is a whole different rabbit hole, but they, they were influenced by standards and Rogers and yeah. Hart. And beautiful Gershwin Dreamer almost made my list. That's all. Uh, remember when, when that finally was released officially, I think, live at the BBC, too. That was, like, a big selling point because how could that have been hidden for so long? It would have been bootlegged forever. But, yeah, yeah. that's an, a great one. I mean, Till There Was You was from The Music Man, and <laughs> yeah. it became a Beatles standard those first couple years in the States. So th- they they soaked up everything, R&B, country, show tunes. They were able to kind of take everything and blend it together in a way nobody else could. I always love that line. Uh, our our favorite American group, Sophie Tucker. The next song we'd like to sing now is one which is a bit slower. This is from the show The Music Man. And it's also been recorded by our favorite American group, Sophie Tucker. One, two, <laughs> well, that's, I think that's, that's another a- episode for another time. You and I come from an improv background. And uh, which is it used to be cool to say now I need to use some mouthwash. I could use like a Listerine strip if you're talking about improv on this podcast. <laughs> what about improvised Beatles? Yeah, that's just it. I thought you meant as a concept for a uh, 
like a show, like we'll, we'll rent out uh, <laughs> the bug house and do improvised <laughs> Beatles. It's just, it's, it's me and you <laughs> as the two surviving Beatles. <laughs> that makes you Ringo, I think. Yeah. 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 I'm right. Ringo. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> it makes it sense. Kind of, and your Paul yeah, makes sense. We could do maybe uh, I'm amazed. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Those two songs are great. And uh, I'll be on my way is it's very sunny in the spirit of I'll follow the sun, but it's it's economical. It's short. It's got such pretty changes. The sun is fading away. That's the end of the day. As the June light turns to moonlight, I'll be on my way. Just one kiss and I'll go. didn't last long and this it's so easy as the june light turns to moonlight it's yeah but it, to me it's it's easy but extraordinarily so i've always loved it were they both for, was that billy j kramer and the dakotas that did both of the or the mersey beats it was it was some i forget who who had the hits There's that other one that Lennon did around that time that anyway, I'll I'm in love. I think it's called I'm in love, right? It didn't make my list, but honorable mention from that era okay well my number two this one just came out i had only heard about it with the white album uh reissue uh last 2018 the good night take 10 the guitar picking donovan style version with the with the the other beatles singing harmony on it i just love it and yeah it's it's sloppy and it's, I wish they'd had another run at it. I, I, I would like to hear like a more perfected version of that, but that's all we get. And I'm happy. I'm happy. I could listen to that, that guitar progression, that style of picking. I could listen to that all day. Now it's time to say good night. Good night. Sleep tight. It is in Julia, right? Is it? It's the same as Julia yeah. and Dear Prudence, right? Um, there, there are a couple others I'm forgetting, but they employed it quite a bit, um, and I, I just love it. I find it. I don't know if it's 
the hypnoticness of that progression, but I just, I love it. So did George Martin and kind of making it in, in that Disney world that, that John wanted, did George Martin help or hurt or hurt it in your estimation? I think for that record. Yeah, they did it right. Uh, I, yeah, that what a wild way! What a wild way to close that record out with this Disney production coming out of <laughs> Revolution, like the scariest thing you've ever heard the Beatles do, <laughs> into the like the most saccharine. Not even not saccharine's not the right word, but it's it's Disney is the word like Technicolor. That's what they yeah. wanted. Was like that Disney kind of yeah that whole story. And that's what George Martin did so well. I mean, it's one of the great things about the Yellow Submarine orchestration, that soundtrack. It's a bummer that side two of the Yellow Submarine album is the George Martin stuff, but it's also neat and interesting. Yeah, I bet that's our least listened to Beatles side. Everybody's copy of Yellow Submarine has a side two with no dings. It's always in near mint condition. <laughs> yeah, people are selling just that side on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> side A's got a huge scratch through Hey Bulldog. No reason. Side B is just in, in perfect That's a funny shape. song. And that song just had a renaissance like three years ago. Everyone was talking about Hey Bulldog. Like they, like all the people that only have the greatest hits records discovered Hey Bulldog like three years ago. It, it is one of my, as a piano player, two favorite piano riffs of all time. Yeah. It's just such a great riff and doubled on Paul's bass and, and the guitar. The whole thing is just, the yeah. whole thing is brilliant. I mean, honestly, yeah, we, we'll, we'll do a pot. We should do one of these about uh, their throwaways and how amazing their throwaways are. Yeah. That, uh, you know, leave my kitten alone could easily have been talking about throwaways uh, for Beatles VI in the States. They recorded uh, bad boy and uh, that Larry Williams song, bad boy and slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Leave my kid alone could and should have been among that crop on that EP. You bet. Yeah. Well, do you, you want to throw me like a, how about, I know you just had a tie. Give me, how about a number two from you? You got one of those? Yeah. And it's tough. There's so many here, but I'm going to go ahead and give one that has, it is one of their best that has replaced the quote unquote official version and it totally validates an entire vanity project by Paul McCartney. A lot of lead up, right? We'll be right back. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. After these messages, we'll be right back. Moon and I, mo, mo, we got baby, 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 barrels, roast beef, hot links, and more to give. Cube steaks, hot dogs, real tips, ooh, pork chops, turkey wings, and chicken wings too. Give me a wave if you like catfish. Jump up if Oh, we're not. This isn't a thing. Okay. Fine. <laughs> I got carts like old radio. Throw the cart. Here's a PSA. Forest fires are bullshit. Don't set a fire in a forest. Um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the Let It Be Naked fusion of, I think, I may be wrong. Beetle nerds, correct me here. I think it's two different versions of the rooftop, of rooftop takes of Don't Let Me Down. The, mm. Let, it Be Na the Let It Be Naked, Don't Let Me Down has become, in my mind, 
and that's what been one of my favorite Beatles songs. I mean, ever. yeah, I always love the flub. Yeah, because it's just so it's kooky. He doesn't just say like ah blah blah, blah fuck god damn it. He's like googly doob, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which shows the humor, like, and that's, yeah, like, you know, yeah, it's not like they, anyway, they're not Weird Al, but they're, they had humor. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's the goons. It's all that. Yes. It's, it's all the shit that George Martin produced that, uh, the comedy records that they loved to Spike Mulligan, I think, uh, and all these yeah. people. Yeah. Because they were funny. They were, they were all, all you had to do is watch your Hard Day's Night to understand how funny they were. Yes, Spike yeah. Mulligan, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bonzos and all that Bonzo dog doodah band and magical mystery tour and the death cat for cutie song. Death cat for cutie pulled their name from that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love it. Yeah. That that's a great pick. That's a great song. I totally get it. Well, we are at my number one. I tell you what, it's not like a giant, huge song. It's very me TJ. It's very whatever. But so this is a hard one to find. So it's the song Julia and it's the Esher version but it's the Easter version before vocals. There was an, there's an instrumental version of Julia that I got at one of those record shows on a tape, you know? So I don't know where it came from. I like, you know, it was a mix. It was a let it, or it was a, it was an Easter, Easter demos mix, but it was on the very end of it. I can, anyway, I don't have it on hand, but that's really hard to find because on anthology it's the vocal version and uh i like all the anthology outtakes of them figuring it out and learning it um but there's something and again it goes back to that donovan style guitar picking that i find so just beautiful and hypnotic and i just love it I have ever heard it except there's a moment in the in the that Cirque du Soleil show Love where right before they go to Eleanor Rigby pretty early you hear instrumental Julia that unless it's just separated from the original track I don't know if that's from that demo but that's the only time I've just heard that kind of picking accompaniment to Julia I don't know that I've heard the full version you're talking about now i gotta find it like immediately yeah i i was able oh. to find it once i was able to find it once online it's really and, and yeah i i used it for a show i wanted to use it for it was that beatles show i made about <laughs> the beatles tribute band that couldn't play instruments um that i did at the annoyance theater uh however many years ago eight years ago or something <laughs> like that but i was using that as a uh interstitial between two scenes and uh Anyway, it was hard to find. And again, I, and I, I only have it on cassette. So like, I don't, I don't even ever hear this song. So maybe this is my love letter to like find that song again, that version. And again, it, it really is, it is a, 
it is a collector scum kind of a thing. It's, it's, it's not like, I think this is the greatest Beatle outtake. This is my favorite. The whole way that side closes with, I will into Julia is among the more uh, wistful and emotional closings of any, and granted, it's just the, it's the end of the first half of that album, but in terms of album enders, it's a really emotional way to prep for, you know, and all of a sudden you hear the drum intro to birthday, you know? Yeah, man. For you CD listeners or you, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it's when you were just changing the record, hearing that in 68, 69, 70, didn't have a tape deck. Probably you're listening to that in the three, four minutes it takes to take the record off, put on side three, put on birthday, you've got to really be taking that emotion in. Oh yeah. Never thought of it yeah. that way. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that was fun. Do you have any uh, honorable mentions, any surprises, any? Let's yeah. Let's, let's breeze through some honorable mentions. We mentioned one last week. I'll give you a couple then feel free to give me a couple. The uh, non high giggling and your bird can sing. Working yeah. through that is just joyful and the high giggling is fine, but like with anybody <laughs> high giggling, it's after <laughs> after two minutes of it, you're like, okay. I love yeah. uh Wil- Wilco did a uh one of their Whatever their Massachusetts festival is, like a solid sound, maybe. I'm not if I'm remembering correctly, but they did all covers a couple years ago. Their Beatles cover was And Your Bird Can Sing. And after it's over, Tweedy says to the audience, Jeff Tweedy goes, It's such a great moment. He goes, You know, we worked so hard on learning that great song and it's over so fast. Let's, <laughs> who wants to hear us do it again? And they just go right back and they're like, We can do it better the second time, right? And they go back and nail it. Again, oh, that's so great. Good. Was that good enough, or should we do that one again? I think we should do that one again. That was pretty good, but it's so much fun, and it's so much work for two minutes. I'm warmed up now. moment of the crowds loving it they're like we spent so long getting this right and now it's over so that's one um that yeah. George, the george electric all things must pass demo uh it's nothing to me shows how fraught those relationships were that they weren't able to see the beauty of that song and thank god they did it because it became the hallmark and title song of maybe one of the three best solo beatles albums ever released so you know everything for a reason right but it's just so weird you hear that that electric demo and you're like oh my god how do you not how do you not do that all things pass not a life streets could last so i must be on my way Another day. And the last one I'll give you, and this is one that's just 
all the different versions of Beatles songs, when you're a Beatle nerd, you never know what's in your head. You hear different versions at other times. Penny Lane with the trumpet coda at the end <laughs> should be the standard. That's you a rarity, so? too. I do. It's such a great name. <laughs> Penny Lane, bum, 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 over the little cymbal trill. Like. Penny Lane. <laughs> to me, that's such a great version, yeah. Do you still, do you put that in your head when you hear it without it? You put always. it in there, yeah. Always, and I'm always disappointed when I don't. Yeah, and I kind of do that with "Can't Buy Me Love" on the the single version. I'll throw those uh, those call and responses in the verse, you know. Uh, yeah, I like things like "Besame Mucho." First time I ever, I think their version is the first time I ever heard that song. So, um, great one, cha cha boom, cha cha boom. Besame, besame mucho. Yeah, it starts off. It's it's fun. Yeah, it starts with the cool descending guitar thing, and then McCartney. Yeah, that one's fun. I like. Um, what else do I? Uh, Twelve Bar Original. No, I don't, I don't like. Kind of applauding. Not the best jam band. Anytime no. the Beatles are jamming a record, it's like, all right. Um, yeah, I mean, I like that. That I actually like the instrumental version of the Inner Light. You know, no offense to. Yeah. Uh, George, I love his vocal on there too, but there's something fun about it on its own. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I really do think they, they pretty much hit it, you know, with what they did put out. I don't think they really made any real, real mistakes, but, uh, that's, that's maybe that's a future episode is Beatles mistakes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, solo mistakes. There are plenty. <laughs> There's a certain John Lennon song that was only a sing, uh, single and on sometime in New York City and Shave Fish that you can't play anymore. It's a statement song. Yeah, that I love that song. Play it then. I think I was so spooked out by the title. The title of it always made me never love and that the kind of off key elephants memory saxophone intro. It's like, <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I elephants love that of every song. band sucks. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Here we all shine on. On and on and on and on. We'll get it right next time. 
<laughs> then we're gonna go, we're gonna go track by track at some time in New York City. Oh, you know what I, I want to do? I'm gonna, we're gonna go head to toe on approximately inner universe, <laughs> infinite universe. I uh, fucked it up. Just saw Yoko. Yoko right yep. I will I will defend that that particular solo Yoko record. That's a, that's an episode. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> And hey, I will defend the Yoko Yoko to me on Milk and Honey was way improved over Yoko and Double Fantasy. That was Yoko that whole mid '80s seasons of Glass. All that Yoko. This is yeah. We, the- now, we've lost the two remaining non dead people who have been watching us. <laughs> all right, well, let's get the hell out of here. Uh, thanks, TJ, uh, and I'm Tony. Thank you. Uh, this is the Untitled Beatles podcast. We'll see you later. <laughs> and come up with a better outro. (laughs) Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. You have absolutely no sense of humor, do you? This is not funny! Who won the bloody war anyway? (laughs)